This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. Hey, my name is TJ, and I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, we're so glad that you're with us. We're in a series called Empty Promises. We've been in this the last couple of weeks, and we've been talking about this whole idea that, you know, when God, when we begin this relationship with God, when we come into this relationship with Him, that God wants so much more for our lives than just to, to just come in and just kind of uh, into the living room of our life and just kind of dust up, maybe move some furniture in our lives. You know, that's what the perception is that Jesus wants to do in our lives. He's just there to kind of tidy some things up, maybe have some kind of sin management kind of things in our lives. But what we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks is that God wants so much more than that. God isn't after us just coming in and just kind of... uh, adopting or adapting some of our behavior. He's not just here to modify our behavior. He really, really wants to change our hearts. and He wants to change us from the inside out. But yet so many times in life, what happens to you and I is we have some areas of our lives that, that we don't want God to get involved in. In fact, we, we kind of shut those doors to our lives and say, God, you can have this aspect of my life. You can have all of these rooms. You can have this closet. You can have this garage. You can have this living room. But that right over there, you can't have access to that because there's some things in my life that I'm not really ready to give up yet. And, and what we've been talking about is those things that are in our lives that we're not really ready to give up with that are maybe behind some closed doors or some shut drawers in our lives are the things that, that have become idols in our lives. They're the things that we've been talking about kind of take the place of God in our lives and they become number one. And, and what we've been discussing is the fact that idol, an idol is anything that becomes your ultimate in the place of where God should be in your life. And, and it's not like th- we don't recognize that there are idols all over the place because our, our hearts are an idol factory. It just seems like we can produce one idol after another, after another, after another. And there are so many things that we're seeking after in life that promise us things. These idols promise us things that only God can give us. And so over the last couple of weeks, we've been discussing a couple of those. The, the first week we dove in and we talked about the fact that a lot of times we identify who we are with what we do and, and what we do becomes an idol in our lives. And so what we do is, is the essence of who we are and that's where we find our worth and that's where we find our value. And all of a sudden that's replaced God in our lives. And we also have talked about this idea of being an approval addict. We're always looking for the approval of other people. We're looking for people to give us affirmation, to give us value in life. And we're looking to others for the very thing that only God can give us. Last week, we talked about the whole appearance addiction and, and I ripped open my shirt and I was wearing Spanx. And you know, I know so many of you guys enjoyed that. Some of you guys had some nightmares about that. And so, you know, but this whole idea that a lot of times we're hiding things and we're trying to put on this appearance that we've got it all together and yet there is this huge void in our life that is there that is that that we're trying to keep from everybody else we're trying to look like we're something that we're really not we're trying to find our value in what we drive and what we wear and and finding our value in that and this week we're diving into to an area that that I think affects a lot of us out there and it's this whole idea of of money and this idea of greed and now I know that that most people uh they wouldn't really identify themselves as like greed is an idol in my life. Like in the first service I asked, how many of you guys would say you're greedy? 
Yeah, about the same number of hands went up. You know, there's like one or two. Like, they're the real honest people that are like, yeah, I'll raise my hand for anything in church just because um, I'm looking for the approval of others. But just kidding. Uh, but greed comes out in so many different facets and so many different forms in our lives. And we don't even recognize that it's an idol in our life because you can, you can go out and, and we know some people that we can identify greed in their life. They go out and they spend and they spend and they get and they get and they get. And, and they're looking for their work and they're looking for their value. They're looking for who they are and what they have. And so the more stuff that they can acquire, the more stuff that they can have, that's where they find their worth and their value. And it's very obvious. Then there's other people that are on the opposite side of the spectrum. They're so frugal. They save everything they've got. They, you know, they're putting money in, in savings accounts and money markets accounts and all these things. And they're, and they're hoarding all that they have. And, and, and it looks from the outside that they're just wise stewards of what they have, man. They're just saving what they have. But the reality is, is that they find their security and they find control in that what they've accumulated. And so greed comes out in so many different ways in our lives and it, and it pops its head in so many different manners and facets that so many times we don't even recognize that it's something that's evident in our lives. It's easy to see it in other people's lives, but it's very hard to look introspectively and be like, oh man, I, I deal with, with greed. You know, in all of my years being a pastor, I've never had somebody come in and say, you know what, TJ, man, I, I've got a problem. I am really extremely greedy and I need help. I mean, that's just not like something that we like to look at and say, you know, that's where I stand. But yet it's something that I feel like has promised us so much in life, man. If you just have a little bit more, you'll have worth and you'll have value. If you can just accumulate, then everything in life, all of your problems will be solved. And, and, and Jesus talked a lot about finances. He talked about a lot about these things because he realized that this would be the thing that would be the number one competitor for his spot in our lives. He, would, he wants to be number one. He wants to be in the first place of our lives, but this greed and this idol of money would come in and compete with him continuously. And if you look in Luke chapter 12, verses 13 through 15, it says this. It says, someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus replied, man who appointed me a judge or an arbitrator between you. And he said to him then, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Jesus right here is telling us to, to watch out, to, to take a look, because this is not something that's really easy for us to identify in our lives, because the reality is, is it's not like adultery. We all can identify adultery and be like, oh, you're not supposed to sleep with somebody else's wife. I know we, we can identify that. That's very easy to spot. That's very easy to identify. But greed is completely different than that. It's something that, that we've got to be looking out for, that we've got to be looking to identify in our lives because it's something that sneaks up on us. It's something that just kind of pops its head in our lives. And a lot of times, you know, it's possible to be living our lives and it's possibly going through life and not even realizing that this thing is in our life. And so what I want to do today, and, 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 and I know that right now there's some of you guys that right now you're just kind of turning me off because anytime we start talking about money or we start talking about stuff, all of a sudden you're like, I don't have a problem with this or I don't want to hear this. And, and so you, you kind of uh, tune us out or tune me out and say, you know what, I've got this area under control or I don't want to be in control in this area because I'm living out of control. And, and before you do that, let me just say this. I, I really want us to open ourselves up today and look introspectively in our lives and say, you know what, maybe, just maybe, there's some things in my life that I have not seen myself that maybe today the Holy Spirit wants to point out in my life. Maybe today God wants to identify an area of my life that I didn't think was really a problem, but really 
it's pretty evident and it's pretty obvious that there's something that's happening there. And so just like we've done every week, we're going to kind of look at some different things and have a self-assessment and say, where are we at when it comes to this thing? Where are we at when it comes to this idol of money and greed in our lives? And so we just want to do the same thing we've done every week, which is basically I'm going to read uh, six different things here. And I want you just to self-identify on a scale of one to five, one being man, I don't deal with this at all, to five being like, this is something that's extremely prevalent in my life. This is something that hits home right here. And the first one is this. There is the statement that there is no money in the bank creates more anxiety in me than the statement there is no God. Is that you? You know, when you hear, man, man, we're broke, all of a sudden, like fear creeps in. When, when you hear like there is no God, it doesn't really affect you. Write yourself one to five on that. One being none, five being uh, totally obvious. Second one there is, does your fear of not having enough often impede your desire to be generous? You know, there's so many times we feel like we should be generous, that we feel like there's opportunities for us that we should step out and we should give and we should do something to help somebody. But this fear um, that there won't be enough keeps us and it keeps us from stepping out and making a difference in somebody's life. The third one, you have money in the bank, but no peace in your heart. That's a big one. I mean, this is the thing. This, this idea of greed is so evident down here in South Florida. The latest statistics say that we are number two in the nation in consumer credit card debt. You know what that tells me? It tells me that we want more, and that we're trying to find our worth and our value in more. The fourth thing there is I often struggle with doing the right thing because I know it's going to cost me financially. It's a big one. Think, man, I should, I should do this, but, man, it's going to be, there's going to be a price to pay there. The fifth one, I find myself saying, if I had this much, I would then be satisfied. You know, this is one that Shayla and I, this is a constant conversation in our house, man. If we just had a little bit more, man, if we, just, if we were just making $1,000 more a year, then, then it would solve all of our problems. Man, if I, just had the, if I just had that pair of jeans, man, my booty would look good. You know, whatever it may be. Yeah, sexy and I know it, you know, all that stuff. So this one is the one that, that really hit me. I spend more time thinking about what I do not have than I spend thanking God for what I do have. You know, we go through life and we're constantly looking at where we're lacking and where is, is not going right in our lives instead of seeing and looking around and seeing all the blessings that God has given us because there's so many things that are so evident in our lives but yet we're so focused on, on what we don't have rather than what we do have and it's, it's hurting us and it's hindering us and it's, it's taking our focus off of the one thing and this is the thing about an idol is it replaces what God can only give you and so many times this illusion of money, this illusion of control that we get from money, this illusion that we'll be satisfied if we get enough so many times replaces what God can only give us and that's value and that's worth. And we think, man, I will be valuable if I just have a little bit more. I'll be worth something if I just acquire that. If I just climb one more step of the ladder, everything in life will be good. And, and part of what I want to help us understand today, and this is in your notes, is that greed is not only the love of money, but it's the excessive anxiety about it. 
It's this excessive anxiety where it's everything that we're thinking about. We're thinking about, am I going to have enough this much? Am I going to be have just a little bit more? How can I get some more in my life? How can I climb a little bit higher in my, in my capacity here at work so I can get a raise? What can I do to just get more of life? And it's this constant worry. It's this constant tension that's happening in our, in our lives. And it's not the love of money that, that causes us to be evil or the, the money that causes us to be evil. It's this love where it takes the place of God in our lives. And all of a sudden, anytime we replace God with something else, it causes this tension in our heart because there's certain things that only can be filled by God. And when we try to replace those things with other things, no matter how much we get of it, no matter how much more we have, no matter if we get one more dollar, or we make one more transaction, we get one more sale, it is never enough because it could never fill the void that God has in our hearts. 1 Timothy 6, 9 and 10 says this, people who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge, that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager from, for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs.
you know, the realities of, of greed. We don't get to see that in life real often. We don't get to see the cost of replacing God with something else and what it does to a life. But the realities are really real. And when we try to replace God with something else, it always leaves us powerless. Because we think someday we'll achieve, someday we'll accomplish, someday we'll acquire, and it will solve every single problem that we have. And it just is not true. And I believe that one of the greatest problems that you and I face, especially living in the U.S., is that we have this wrong idea about money, and we believe that it can give us what only God can give us. We believe that it can bring value and worth to an area of our lives where God has already established it. And, and Billy Graham said it, said it best. He says, man, if a person gets their thinking right about money, it will straighten out every other area of their life. And I truly believe that here today, that if we can get some thought processes straightened out here and we can realize that, that money is a tool, it's not our everything, it will change our life. And so today what I want to do is, is man, I just want to go back to this verse in Luke 12, 15, and it says, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And I want us to look at our lives, and I want us to uh, compare some different areas because we got to recognize that our worth and our value and, and, and what we mean to this world isn't based on what we can acquire in life. It isn't based on what we have in our bank account. It isn't based on any of those things that we are told constantly where we need to find our worth and value. I mean, I've yet to have a commercial on television that tells me don't go buy something. I mean, has anybody seen that commercial? I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for a manufacturer to come out and be like, you know what, you don't want to buy this product. That'll be the first day I go out right away and buy that product, but... uh. But I just want to compare some different areas, and, and, and the first one is this, our calling versus our compensation. It's not about what we're doing, but it's about who we're becoming in life. And there's this whole idea of success and fulfillment in life. The world is constantly at us telling us we've got to become more successful. We've got to climb one more rung in the ladder. We've got to get a little, just a little bit more. And if we keep climbing that ladder, then eventually we'll get enough to be satisfied. We'll get enough and, and people will accept us. We'll get enough and, and people will find worth and value in us. People want to be like us because we've acquired all those things. And what we end up finding is that no matter how high we climb on that ladder, it just never seems to be enough because there's this huge divide between success and fulfillment in life. We can go and we can accomplish all kinds of things, but if we're climbing the wrong ladder, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's never going to fulfill. And see, success in life is not the, the same as fulfillment in life because the fulfillment that we're looking for in life doesn't come from money. Money is a tool and it's a good thing and it can add value to your life, but it is not your value. Your value and your worth comes from knowing who you are in Christ. And see, knowing who you are in Christ all of a sudden puts you on a, a trajectory to fulfilling your calling in life. And so many times we're so busy pursuing a career that we forget that God has a purpose and a plan for our life. And God wants to do something incredible in our life. And we would seek him instead of seeking stuff. We would discover that, man, there is something that's unique about us. There's something that's different about us that we are peculiar and we are different for a reason because God wants to do something unique in our life that nobody else can do. And it doesn't matter what the world tells us. It doesn't matter what our friends tell us. It doesn't matter how much we acquire, that is not going to give us what God wants to give us, and that is a unique identity in him. 
and a unique purpose and a unique plan. And, and the problem is, is that so many of us are living for things that are, that are worthless. We think that we, if we have a lot, then we're living for something. And that's just not the case. I heard about this woman that was a, a rich uh, woman in Hollywood and, and she died and uh, tons of people came to her fu funeral and they're like, man, this woman had so much to live for, man. I, I can't believe she died. And, and, and somebody stopped right there in the middle of the funeral and said, you know what? She didn't have a lot to live for. She had a lot to live on. And we think that having a lot to live on is significance, but, in, but God doesn't, isn't concerned about having a lot to live on. He's, having, he's concerned with us living on purpose and on destiny. And see, the problem is, is the majority of, of Christ followers, in fact, I found this statistic that says 87% of people who are in a relationship with God have no idea why they're here on earth. That is one of the most depressing things to hear as a pastor is that we can sit up here and give you all this stuff, but if, if you're not out there, if you're seeking all these different things and you're not seeking God, you're going to miss out on why he designed you, what he wants to do in your life, and how he wants to use you. Because God has got something incredible. He's got a purpose, and he's got a plan for your life, and we've got to seek him out to discover what that is rather than seeking a position or seeking a place in this world. I was recently out with one of our... Uh, one of our elders, and we were, we were out, and we were just discussing and, and talking about our future. You know, our staff's been, been doing some things with some different plans that we have and some different things that are coming up in the future, and I've been meeting with them and just talking about it. And let me just say something here in two weeks. Uh, everybody say two weeks. No, come on, everybody say two weeks like you mean it. That's what I'm talking about. In two weeks, uh, we're going to bust out, like, the biggest news in Coastal's history. So uh, just, just so you know, September 30th, um, you are going to want to be here for that service because we're going we're gonna, to uh, just kind of unveil some things that God's got in the future for us, and it's going to be freaking awesome. Um, and so just side note, but I was out with this guy, and we were talking about our future, and, um, and we were driving around, and, and this guy is a very successful business guy in our church, and, and we got back to the parking lot of Starbucks, and we were just sitting there. We probably talked for 45 minutes in the car, and, and he's like, man, I, I got to go. And I was like, man, thank you so much for taking the, the time out of your schedule to, to come spend this time with me and just, just think through some of the things that I'm thinking through and just give me some input and give me some insight from a different perspective that, I, that maybe I'm not seeing. Man, I just so value that. And, and I know that this is a long distance. You just moved, you moved further away. And he's like, TJ, I want you to stop right there. I want you to know that, that you know what, I work hard to, to provide for my family, but that isn't why I do that. What I do, what I do is so I can have moments like this where I can, I can give value to what God has called me to do, and that's to build his church. Because what this guy realized and what he was correcting me on is the thing that I was, I was so thankful for was the very thing that God had called him to do because he realized that his worth and his value wasn't in making a paycheck. His worth and his value came in his identity in Christ and adding value to the kingdom of God because he had discovered his calling. And so many of us, man, we, we're, we're missing out. And, and I, I know you guys are missing out because you all posted all over Facebook every single week how much you hate life and your job and all those different things and how you're living for that stuff. You know, every week people are like, how do you know what to talk about? All I got to do is read your wall. It's pretty simple. You reveal your inner diary to the entire world. You do. You know, I, I read this, this two weeks ago from, from one of the ladies in our church. She, she said, man, I hate my job, but I live for Sundays. 
because she discovered who God had called her to be. That her job was to connect people, and it wasn't about earning a paycheck. It wasn't about all those things. It was about who God had called her to be. I love what Acts 20, 24 says this. It says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. See, Paul understood this better than anybody. He realized that, man, his profession was he was a tent maker, but that was not his calling in life. He did not find his identity in building tents. He found his identity in Christ, and he was going to live his life to that purpose, and that was the fuel for his life. What's fueling your life today? What's fueling your life? Is it, is it just getting paid a little bit more? Or is Christ the fuel of your life and what you're supposed to do? Another area to look at is contentment versus consumerism. Ecclesiastes 5.10 says this, Whoever loves money never has money enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. How many of us, we know that that's true. It's, it's just never, ever enough. It doesn't matter how many raises we get. It doesn't matter how many promotions we get. It just seems like just a little bit more. In fact, Howard Hughes, one of the wealthiest people that ever lived, they asked him one time, how much more will it take for you to be happy? And he said, just a little bit more. Because we have this idea that if we can just get to the other side where the grass is greener, then everything in life will be better. But what we have failed to realize is that the water bill over there is just is, is a lot higher too and the price that it's going to take and it doesn't matter how much we get or how beautiful it is or what we accomplish or what we acquire it's always going to cost us something and the more we try to get the less satisfied we feel because we we've all we've all heard this you know from famous rappers more money more problems you know i think notorious big the prophet gave us that one you know he uh If you were into 90s rap music, then you would know exactly what I'm talking about. If you are not, then you have no idea. Maybe somebody else said that. Maybe somebody more relevant. Uh, but that's what he told us. And it, it was relevant because he realized that the more he consumed, the more stuff he got, the more problems it just caused in life. And see, we have not, or not yet recognized the fact that God is trying to do something within us. He's trying to build up people that are content because so many times we think that money is the end game. If we just get some more money, if we just have some more Lincolns or if we just have some more Benjamins, if we just have some more of this stuff, then everything will be good and we can get some more stuff. We can have some more stuff in our lives. But you know what? God did something pretty interesting on this, this $5 bill. You know what he did in here? He was trying to break our idea of consumerism. Mentality is, is on this bill he put in God we trust. Because he said, I don't want you to trust in what you can get in life. I want you to trust in me. And so instead of finding our worth and our identity in what we've acquired in life, we need to find our worth and our identity and our trust in our relationship with God. But we substitute that, don't we? I know I substitute it all the time. I wish I could get up here and say, man, this, this doesn't affect me at all. But it does, man. I have a consumeristic mentality and it's... It's plaguing us and it's pushing us all the time and it's so easy for us to get caught up and say, man, I just need a little bit more. I just need one more thing. Paul, Paul understood this. I love what he said in Philippians 4, 12, and 13. And we all know 13, but very few of us know 12. It says, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. 
He said, man, I've learned the secret. There's this thing that we can learn. We can learn to be content. And he's like, I'm going to give you the secret to learning how to be content. And he says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. See, the secret to learning to be content is learning to find your worth and your value through Christ. Not through your house, not through your car, not through your savings account, not through the next pair of jeans, but finding your worth and your value in Christ. Another area is stewardship versus ownership. And, and I've experienced this, this recently. I was letting a, a guy in our church borrow my truck, and we kind of traded vehicles. Um, and, and, and he, I went to go pick something up out of my vehicle because I'd left it in there. And so I went by, he, he owns a landscaping business, and he needed a, to haul a trailer. And, um, and so he, I went over to his job site, and, and I was grabbing this thing out of my truck. And he's like, hey, man, I want you to come see something real quick. And he pulled me around to the front uh, of the truck, and he popped the hood. And I was like... Did, did something blow up or something? I mean, I, I have no idea why you're showing me the, the engine of the truck. And he opens it up, and it's, like, immaculate. Like, he had cleaned this engine like nobody's business. I mean, you could eat off this engine. Not that anybody would want to do that. But, uh, like, it was unbelievable. Then he opened up the door inside, and, and, like, there was brand new floor mats in there. And I was like, man, what did you do? Why would you do it? He said, man, I just saw that it was a little bit dirty, and I wanted to make sure that it looked better when I brought it back to you, that it was, that it was good looking, that it was clean. I mean, he had it waxed. He had it detailed. Uh, I think he made one of the guys that worked for him do it. I don't really care how he did it um, because he understood this principle. He understood this principle of ownership versus stewardship. He realized that that truck was not his, that he was just using it for a period of time. And when he gave it back, he wanted to make sure that it was better than when he found it. And see, we, we have this mentality for some reason that in life, and, and, and I don't really understand why this is, that we think when God gives us more, that it's always for us to consume. That it's, you know, it, it never goes through our mind to ask God, why are you giving me an increase? Like, what do you want me to do with us? We, we constantly, whatever our income is, it's always uh, right in line with our lifestyle. If we get a little bit more money, our lifestyle increases a little bit, doesn't it? Well, that's what we all found out during the building boom. You know, we are all, our, our lifestyles were all increasing because our houses were all going up and all of a sudden everything changed. And we're like, oh man, what's going to happen to my lifestyle now? It's like we have the BBS syndrome. It's what I call the bigger barn syndrome. You know, and there's a story in the Bible of a man who, who was a, a wealthy farmer and, and his crop had come in and it was bigger and it was better than it had ever been. And he said to himself, you know, what am I going to do with all this stuff? And he said, I know what I'll do. I'll build a bigger barn. And so he tore down what he had and he built bigger and better barns that could store all this stuff. And when he got to the end, end of it, he says, man, now what am I going to do now that I've got all this stuff that I've acquired all of this stuff in my life? And he said, you know what? I'm just going to sit back. I'm going to relax. I'm going to be merry. I'm going to enjoy life. And that's what we all think God gives us more so we can enjoy life better and God came to him in that very moment and said this very night your life will be taken from you and I thought that that was a pretty significant statement because what this guy found life in was in the things that he had acquired and so he didn't just take his life he took what was life to him his stuff because he was under the idea that it was all his he owned it all 
And we got to start thinking and living differently that maybe the reason God has given you so much because we are the most blessed people in the entire world. We have more, you, I mean, almost every single person in here probably has a vehicle. You know you're in the top 1% of the world just by owning a vehicle? I, I was recently in Africa and, and I realized just having a meal a day how wealthy we are. I saw kids eating food off the dirt because they had nothing. And it broke my heart because we consume so much because we think it's ours instead of stewarding and making a difference. And what happens is, is, is when we start trusting in that stuff and we start thinking it's ours, we take God out of the equation in our life. And we start saying, it's all mine. And it just messes us up. It goes back to, in God we trust. Are we trusting that, man, God has blessed me so much in life so I can just have more? Are we believing that God has given us so much so we can give more? Give, and, and listen, greed isn't a money thing exclusively, man. Greed, we can be greedy in our time. We can be greedy with our talent. This isn't just exclusive to finances. It's something that's so evident in our hearts and in our lives. The last one is generosity versus misery. 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19 says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. You know, God this week really, really messed with me on this idea of generosity. Um, I was driving down the road and, and you know, we have um, the homeless voice on like every single corner in Broward County. I don't know where, if they ship them in here or what they do, but everywhere I turn, there's, there's, a, there's a guy on the corner looking for money. And that's not a bad thing. I don't, I don't have any problem with that. But this one guy, he looked at me and it was like God spoke to me in that moment and said, you need to get this guy some money. You know, have you ever had those times in life where, where you feel like you're supposed to do something uh, and you're, you're like, I know he's just going to go buy a beer with it, you know, or he's going to go smoke some crack or, you know, I, it, it doesn't matter what they're going to do with it. And I drove past this guy and I ignored it. And, uh, and God really, really was messing with me because he, he started talking to me about what's in my heart. Because I think of myself as a pretty generous person. Um, or I like to think of myself as a pretty generous person. And God was like, do you think you're generous? And I was like, yes, I am. I'm generous. I, I give all the time. And he's like, I, I, God's like, you're greedy. And I was like, I, I'm not greedy. I, I, I don't feel greedy at all. And he said to me, greed is not a feeling. Greed is a refusal to act. 
And it's like, man, punch me in the gut, God. See, God is after our hearts, and so many times we don't even realize these good deeds that God has given us the ability to do. We, we push away from them because, oh, that, that dollar didn't really mean squat to me in my mind. But in my heart, is more valuable than God in that moment because he asked me to do something and I didn't. And greed's subtle. And this is what I found in my life is that giving breaks the power of greed. Being generous with your time, being generous with the talents that God has given you, being generous with your finances, breaks this power and this is what I know people that are greedy are the most miserable people on earth we all know them when we see them and we see that they don't want to help we're like man that, it must be horrible to be them and then we see people that are generous and they have all this joy and all this there's something to that it's a principle from God you know I think this, this past Thursday September 13th was our was three years that we've been here. And I think about, think about when Shayla and I and Pastor Wayne and Jennifer moved here and think about getting started here and I think about all the people that gave and gave generously to get us started. I mean, above what any of y'all could probably even imagine. I mean, we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars because all this junk, all these, all this stuff here that you see all over the place, this, this isn't the schools. This is a pretty empty auditorium. All that stuff back there and kids, like they, they don't play with our zero to two-year-old stuff in the band room. I mean, that's just not their deal. Somebody had to buy all that stuff. And people gave generously because they understood a principle called the treasure principle. You can store up stuff here for yourself where wrath and must and rust destroy where you can store up for yourself treasures in heaven. My question for you today is what are you living for? Have you replaced God with something they can never fill? Winston Churchill said this. He said, you make a living by what you get. You make a life by what you give. Are you just trying to live or are you trying to have a life? Because our life is found in Christ. Not in things, not in stuff. Let's give it all to God today. Let's pray. This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv.